Zish Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with your host, extraordinaire, food critic, writer for the Milwaukee Magazine, Ann Christian, and little old me, DJ Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect, just in, in your shadow. Bask in your in your glow. I'm basking in your glow. There's no glow. You are me. glowing. You're glowing. Trust <laughs> me. Underneath all the soot and and dust, there might be a little shine. But anyway, on this week's edition of This Bites, yeah, it's 2019. But uh, Anne, you did a kind of really interesting year review uh, of dining and food in Milwaukee last year. So I want to talk to you about that and maybe get a, a kind of a outlook of what you what do you expect to see in 2019. Then we have a, a, an award. It's not the James Beard Awards. I never heard of this award called the Good Food Awards. And there's several Wisconsin establishments mm-hmm. and, and people nominated for a few of those awards. We're going to talk about that. Then we have some events as well. We're going to close out this week's edition of This Bites. Uh, but let's kick it off with the year in review. Before we get into some the nitty-gritty of uh, what you wrote in 2018, talk to me about your thoughts of dining in 2018. How did Milwaukee do? What was your feeling? What were some of the, the highlights for you? Or what were some of the uh, surprises in 2018? Then we'll get into the, the nitty-gritty. I think, um, you know, hearing that Circa 1880 was going to close... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd heard some rumors leading up to that. It closed like in late spring, sometime in spring yeah. 2018. And I was, you know, really disappointed about that as many people were, yeah. as I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, the owner is, is and was too. So yeah, I, had a, I went there before it closed. He was like doing some yeah. things before he closed. So I got a chance to check it out and have one more of those uh, fantastic desserts he makes. Yeah, I mean, the irony of something like that is when you announce you're going to close and you're going to have all these closing dinners, mm-hmm. then it gets really busy, mm-hmm. you know? And all these people, why are you going to close? <laughs> well, you know. Because it wasn't crowded like now or something like that. You know, it's, it's a tough business. Yeah. I mean, what's the rate? Like most restaurants fail within the first five years. Well, 80%, something ridiculous. And I think Milwaukee might it's have a, a really better, high figure for a city like Milwaukee. I think it has a better rate than most. The average, yeah, it feels that way. Um, how about another highlight for you or a disappointment in twenty eighteen? Maybe a highlight. You had a disappointment. Yeah, a highlight. Let's see. I I would say the opening of the Sherman Phoenix. I okay. think is a really exciting development, both for that neighborhood and just in the idea of a different kind of development, something that offers all of these different things under one roof, you know, whether it's food, health, um, you know, uh, exercise, you know, that whole mindset Mm -hmm. of lifestyle and healthy living and bringing it to a neighborhood that really needs it and bringing people out there and and, um, hopefully being a catalyst for more change out there. So I I think seeing the Sherman Phoenix open um, was a huge deal. And I'm really happy to see that one. Yeah, I think it could be a model for not just Milwaukee, but maybe for other cities around the country to see opportunities yeah, like that. definitely. And some great uh, minority-owned businesses in that space. Funky Fresh, who we've uh, talked about, was one of my highlights. He's saw him start off in just little trailers, and now he's about to, in 2019, have uh, several Funky Fresh throughout Milwaukee. So mm-hmm. all in a span of uh, less than 12 months. 
pretty good uh, for Great them. for him. Well, we're going to get more into the details of your year review. Bob, we're going to talk about some uh, openings and some uh, sad closings and more right after uh, this brief message on This Bites. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. That was our conversation, uh, kind of a beginning conversation about looking at the year review in dining and food in Milwaukee. You have a great piece over at MilwaukeeMagazine.com highlighting some of the highlights of 2018 in the culinary world of our cream city. Um, let's get into some more details. Uh, can you just talk to me? How did you structure this article and discuss uh, discuss some of the, the, the highlights and of 2018? Sure. So this is a, just a web article that I did looking back at the year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So openings and closings and looking at them from the standpoint of um, the timeline mm-hmm. of when they open, when they closed and kind of a little bit about the transitions within. So, you know, it's a really straightforward piece. Uh, it's interesting though, to look at it all together because then you see uh, really, you know, that tracking those changes and how you know, whether it's the restaurant's op- opening, and I, I have many more openings. I went, kind, I mean, I, I could have had more mm-hmm. openings, but I kind of, you know, contained it to some of the, the bigger developments of the year. So, uh, but just to see, you know, are there any patterns here? What kinds of restaurants are opening? Are they opening at certain parts of the city? Um, but, you know, it's all over the board, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really an interesting mix. So, you know, you have everything from, you know, the guys from Dan Dan, opening their take, their modern take on French food Fauntleroy last summer, um, to Celesta, this, you know, great little vegan place that mm-hmm. opened on the east side back uh, in June. Um, sorry? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying that's one of the things I noticed in 2018 that, in, especially Milwaukee, I'm pretty sure around the country, that plant-based become more part of the Milwaukee dining scene. Not only dedicated restaurants, but menus have been updated to be more creative of offering kind of plant-based dishes besides just here's a salad, here's some fried tofu. But I feel like Milwaukee restaurant scene, a lot of restaurants trying to be more creative mm-hmm. than plant-based. That's one of the things I noticed in 2018. Yeah, um, the, the restaurant Chard that opened earlier this mm-hmm. year, uh, and that's in the third ward here, they um, didn't initially open with many vegetarian and really any vegan things on their menu at all. Mm-hmm. And um, then as, as the months progressed, they added some of those things, and especially like a happy hour menu that was like all, they were focusing on all mm-hmm. vegan things on their, their happy hour menu, but they have a lot more choices there mm-hmm. for people that are doing plant-based. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, these are, um, you know, everybody wants to get in on that because it's such a big movement here. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, people are, are, are really jumping on that lifestyle. And I feel like calling it a lifestyle is probably a more um, accurate way of, of, of talking about it as opposed to a diet. diet. Because it's, it's really a way of living. And I think it's a way of living that's going to uh, just grow, as we've said yeah. before. Because did you hear about the Impossible Burger 2.0? Uh, no, I didn't yeah. hear about it. What is what So is Impossible 2.0 is even more improved meteor flavor, I guess. So there's an article, uh, like, this veg- the headline, like, this 
Impossible two point Impossible Burger two point came out, and this vegetarian did not like it. Yeah. <laughs> and like basically said, it was even more closely like really meaty flavor texture and everything. So. So I it's think, supposed to be much even more like a meat, meat burger. Yeah. Burger. yeah. So. So I also I see more of those products hitting the grocery stores and restaurants. Uh, for people who do like the taste of meat but don't want the the side effects, the environmental side effects of meat, the health side effects of meat, or at least eating a lot of meat, but they still like the experience of meat. I think maybe that's going to grow. I mean, there's now going to be, you know, I don't know when the whole lab-grown meat's going to hit the market. Probably, I don't know if it's going to hit this year, maybe next year, I don't know. But, you know, they're growing chickens and steaks and labs and... The future is here. Jetsons. Da, 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 da. Is that really the theme song? <laughs> like part of the notes. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I always like the Jetsons. Uh, and there's some, there's, you know, there's some, no, I, 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 I the whole idea sounds uh, like not appealing to me at all. Uh, but, you know, going beyond that, uh, some other things, like there's this really great restaurant out in Cedarburg. You don't often think of yeah. Cedarburg no. as like a destination just, place just, for going all for dining. Is, is the Strawberry Fest. Right? Strawberry Fest. There's uh, there's a Harvest Fest in the mm. fall. You know, people like to go there and like on a Saturday or something or a Sunday and poke around and go to antique stores, right? Yeah. Uh, but what about going there on a Saturday night for a really nice meal at a farm to table uh, type of restaurant in a really old like historic building? I don't. You can do that now, yeah. and that's happening in this place called Brandywine. Also, Tariq. Yeah, you've been you're you've really been on that place. You really like it, don't you? I do. I really like it. Uh, and you'll read more about it in yeah. upcoming issue of the magazine. Uh, what about a, you? Want to hear a funny story? I always. I always story. want to hear a funny story. So when I was living in uh, South Charleston, South Carolina, I lived off a street by the name of Brandywine. Really? Yeah. You know that's a that's a name for a, like a certain heirloom tomato. Yeah, like it, was, it was in the neighborhood, and the street was called Brandywine. What was the neighborhood called Brandywine? It might have been a neighborhood called Brandywine. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I know it's a quinky dink, but oh. I don't know if it's funny, but it's just it's cute. Random thoughts. It's cute. Yeah. Um, one of the trends spotted, I guess, in the last year, and we kind of saw this one coming, you know, when Laughing Taco opened, mm. that taco, you know, the tacos would start to really heat up. People yeah. like tacos. And um, you know, for instance, there's a taco, there's a place called Taco Bar that's on Jefferson Street across from like Taylor's. That does um, kind of what, not traditional tacos really at all. It's like next to is that the Angry Taco. Angry Taco is yet another place oh, okay. that opened, and I think that's the one that's on Water Street. Yeah. I know these. You know, all of these taco places have just sort of are, are proliferating. Mm. Laughing Taco has you know several locations multiplied. now. Yeah, they've multiplied <laughs> there. Yeah, they're in the new Crossroad Collective. Collective. They have a location at Pfizer Forum. So. Yeah, I, I, I think tacos, and, you know, tacos is another great example of, you know, how you can adapt these things yeah. to... Like Meat on the Street now has, based. the Filipino place has Taco Tuesdays using kind of Filipino uh, ingredients yeah. for the tacos. And in 2018, uh, the Washington Post declared hot dog is not a sandwich, it's a taco. They did? Yeah, it's an article explaining the hot dogs and taco. Think about it for a second. Because it's wrapped inside the. It's, I mean, I don't know what you mean. The bun is like a taco, like a wrap, shell. so like it's a not shell. Like a sandwich is completely two slices of bread. But what is a hot dog bun? 
it's more like a tortilla kind of shape, kind of holding it in, and you put toppings on top. And so the rationale is that a hot dog is more closely related to a taco than a sandwich. So that was declared in 2018. What do you think about that? I, I was trying to debunk it, and it's true. I mean, it's I would call a uh, hot dog a cousin to a taco. Like a wrap. Yeah, but it's not a wrap. A wrap's completely 360, right? Like a burrito. I guess so. Taco yeah. is not. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So I, 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 they convinced me. So a hot dog is a taco. So if you go to a hot dog stand, it's basically a taco stand. It's a okay. truly American. It's what do you call, you know what you call a gringo taco? This is an American taco, hot dog. Wow. Yeah, it was a really interesting. You should check out the Washington Post article. It came out like late. Yeah, now I want. I definitely want to read yeah. that. Uh, so, yeah, and a few other things like um, you know we talked about how uh, small plates or shareable p- plates have kind of evolved. Uh, Snack Boys, act, actually, it's been open a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, opened in the old AP Bar and Kitchen uh, in Walker's Point, and their whole thing is like, okay, let's not take ourselves way too seriously, mm-hmm. but and this is a tagline I kind of used in a story, like highbrow stoner food. It's kind of what it is, you know? Yeah. I think the redefine, I, I mean, maybe the redefining is, is, is a strong term. I think they redefine what small plates could be. Uh, so, you know, we talk about, we've talked about your love of hot pot yeah. and Juan Z is one of your favorites. Have you been to Szechuan in yes. West Dallas? I've been to Szechuan. I went to Szechuan last year. I think because we talked about it, and I decided, dude, this sounds crazy good. Had their hot pot. It was really, really, really good. And this is not against them. That's gets my dietary uh, limits. So I ate it, went home. Uh, I didn't move for a long time. I was in bed for a while. Ooh. <laughs> the spices and all that kind of stuff. They got Just you good, didn't got they? Got me good. So it's nothing against them. But if you like spicy, like I used to be able to handle it, but like my dietary conditions getting older, it changes. So I now have to prep. If I'm not going to do this, I have to do some pre-prep and post-prep. So, but I that you didn't do that I didn't time. Do. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. I just like, oh, it's in West Alice. but it was. It's one of the best uh, uh, Chinese restaurants in the city. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it's interesting. And then if we t- we move over to some of the closings beyond circa 1880. Uh, I was so sad to see Juniper 61 close yeah. in Wauwatosa, uh, sister restaurant to Cafe Lulu, uh, but really excited about what is going to open in that spot this year, which is a restaurant called Ca Lucenzo, um, an Italian place that's uh, going to open uh, from, is going to be, is owned by Chef Zach Baker and his wife, Sarah. They used to work at Pizza Man and have Bartolotta backgrounds, mm-hmm. both of them, Bartolotta Restaurant Group. And uh, Zach is just this great yeah. Italian chef. And um, they're in that building now, kind of working on yeah. construction. So I'm really excited for that one to to materialize. Nice. Yeah. One of the things I also knows in 2018, the explosion of poke. Oh, sure. I mean, maybe it's an over-explosion, at least in my opinion. It kind of just, you know, certain trends catch on and catch on like fire and don't quit. Uh, as you know, this year, early this year, it was announced Bayview is getting, because Bayview was upset and crying like a little baby. Because they didn't have poke? They didn't have a poke. So, you know, that subway on Kinnick and the corner of Kinnick and I can't the street. You get off the exit. There's a subway right there. That's going to be a poke spot. 
Wow. So it's nonstop. Bayviewers like, uh, we want poke. We're Bayview. But they didn't get one. They got one now. They're getting one. Is that just north of like where you know where, uh, Lulu remember, is? Remember hotel, uh, um, uh, not Hotel Foster. Uh, Boone and Crockett. Boone and Crockett. Said, yeah, it's so right over that area, right? The subway's a little before that at the yeah, intersection. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Okay, so there's a poke place opening in there. Yeah. So well, 2018 every neighborhood saw, feels like they need to have one. Yeah, and I guess Bayview was like, wait, we're we're supposed to be the cool ones. We're the cool kids. So that's a recap of uh, the year in review of 2018. Again, available at MilwaukeeMagazine.com. Anything you are looking forward to? Give me a couple things that you're excited for in 2019. Do you have anything in mind that you're like, I can't wait for or... Uh, as mentioned before, I'm really excited about Kyle Lucenzo, the Italian okay. place coming to Tosa. Um, I am really interested to find out what's going to open in the old Swig. That was another place that closed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you realized Swig was open like 15 years. They huh. were on kind of one of the first small place Place, places, yeah. um, definitely in the Third Ward. And uh, they're actually their parent company. Uh, Hospitality Democracy owns a bunch of other restaurants mm-hmm. in the area, like Smoke Shack, yeah. and they had Water Buffalo, which has turned into Blue Bat, which Blue is Bat. a taco place. Yeah. Tacos, taco, taco, taco. Tacos, yeah, tacos. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just, I'm interested to see uh, how some of these spaces that have turned over become, you know, whether they succeed or not. You know, for instance, at circa 1880, Don's Diner opened. In mm. that spot, is the diner craze going to be something that yeah, we hope, see more of? I hope not like the I don't know that I'm ex- level. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm all for kind of like, you know, sort of eliminating the high, you know, high-end trappings. Like going to a restaurant and feeling just laid back, comfortable. Don't need to be really, you know, uppity about mm. it. You know, it's just dining, whatever. Uh, I like that. I, I think that there are a lot of chefs that are like really low key and they don't want to be really super fancy. So, um, so I, I that's what kind of appeals to me about this sort of diner mm-hmm. idea. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of think just like you said with poke, you can, you know, a little of something can be great. But when I mean, you're just drowning in it. Yeah. Okay. Here's another thing. I'm kind of I'm. I don't know if I would say excited. I'm really intrigued. I, I guess yeah. I would say excited because I hope it does something really great for the city, but um, the uh, the food hall that's going to open in, Grand at Avenue. Grand Avenue, yeah, looks supposedly later this year. The concept looks very interesting. I mean, that is going to be, you know, as opposed to Crossroads Collective, which has six and at capacity it's a eight. a micro food hall. That's a micro food hall because of its size. Yeah. I think it's 7,000 mm-hmm. square feet. Because it used to be one restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. um, and the location, the, the food hall, I guess you could call it, do you think you could call it macro, the one that's opening? Well, if you look at the ones in Los Angeles, the famous one, I don't know if that that's a macro. So yeah. maybe this is just a medium-sized food hall if you want to compare it to the other food halls around the country. But at least in Milwaukee, you can call it a macro. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, huge yeah. with uh, like a couple dozen vendors. Because yeah. like the one in the famous one in Los Angeles, it's, it's massive, right? And there's one in New York that's massive. I, I think that's really interesting, and I, I'd like to see how that concept takes yeah. off. And since that place has been like, like literally on life support. Oh, God, I mean, yeah. If, I mean, Milwaukee Record has the amount going articles of, like, tracking who's still open in the food court, and they, like, did the whole Rocco piece that left Rocco Pizza. Rocky Rococo? Yeah, it used to be in the uh, Grand Oh, Island. yeah, Rocky so Rococo Milwaukee Record did yeah. a little piece, a little kind of a... 
kind of a, a what do you call it, a funeral tribute to. <laughs> and so the, every article is like the final place and and like it's been on life support. And I think you know you know what's going to happen in that space. And it looks like they just said we're going to just reimagine what that space could be. So it'd be great if they just close that area and do a do they don't do a farmers market over there, do they? No, but I think partly because they're so close to Westtown, okay. which is just on yeah. the southern side, you know, like on Clybourne. Because yeah. imagine you do, you could do like went to or Michigan. Rather. When I was in Hollywood, they had the Hollywood Farmers Market. It was like six blocks this way, six blocks that was. Imagine that be like the anchor for a massive. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Farmers Market, It'd be kind of cool. Just some thoughts out there. Well, cool. Nice little year in review and the outlook of 2019. Um, let's talk about awards. Yes, it's James Beard Awards. We usually talk about James Beard, and that's uh, coming soon. Those nominees are coming soon. Um, but you hit me up to a new, well, not new, not but new. new to me. Let's yeah. put it that way. Um, I might have heard of it, but I never really paid attention to it. It's called the Good Food Awards. Um, I guess the awards are based in San Francisco. It kind of born out of the Slow Food Nation group. Uh, the, the, not only is the, the wars, they have a guild, they have a foundation, they have education programs, kind of similar to James Beard. Um, but the Good Food Awards, uh, I guess the winners will be announced soon. And you have some of uh, some Wisconsin uh, or up for some uh, awards. You want to highlight? Yeah, I, I mean, to my knowledge, these are winners. They've announced the oh, winners. winners. So the winners going, announced. Okay. Yeah, they're going to be giving them their actual okay. awards at my this bad. awards ceremony, right? Okay. So. But yeah, these are, um, I think there's like maybe 200 awards out of, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand submissions. Okay. And these are, you know, I would say artisan makers. Mm -hmm. And um, so, uh, you know, people that make, you know, cure meats, they make cheeses, they do chocolates mm -hmm. or make honey, uh, different kinds of sauces. So all those types of things. Uh, and yeah, there's a couple really interesting ones. Um, out of Wisconsin, one of them is, you know, we have mentioned, I, I think, so many times, maybe not so many, but I love uh, Upland's Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese. It's just an amazing cheese. So they won an award for they best won, cheese? Yeah, well, they have, they're definitely, um, they, yeah, they're definitely on this list for that particular cheese. Okay. Um, they also have another cheese that is one of their season. it's a seasonal, it's called Rush Creek. And I mentioned that because I was recently at a dinner where, um, so yeah, Pleasant Ridge Reserve, Uplands Cheese out of Dodgeville, Wisconsin, just to give you some context there of where it comes from. And I had kind of this course, it was a cheese course, where it was a melted uh, Rush Creek and uh, Pleasant Ridge Reserve together with, uh, we can talk about this another time, mm. black truffles. And it was it, and it was spreadable. So you it, and it was a very very much like fondue, but okay. it was served on a plate, and you we were spooning it on baguettes, and it yeah. was just the bomb. Yeah, these cheeses are amazing. Is it like, is it rich? Is it yes? Is it it's very funky? It's pungent. Funky? Is it like funky as in terms of like a, like a very aged cheddar or blue cheese funky? No, it's not it? like that because it's its own thing. It's okay. just it's. It's very balanced. It's smooth, but it definitely has a pungency, earthiness to mm. it. It's so good. Okay. I don't know if you're a cheese, a really big cheese guy like I am. See, the I'm thing a cheese is, guy. So the thing is, though, like, cheese is like, I'm a cheese person, but I'm a hard cheese person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like brie and all that. I just, 
give or take for me. Right. Be like, you know, the hard cheese, the aged cheese. I'm all about that. Yeah, I love I those love, too. I love aged cheese. Like, you, you tell me it's aged and it's firm and hard. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. You know. Well, okay. So moving on to a couple other awards, Wisconsin awards for the, the Good Food Awards, are a couple things that I'd be really interested in trying. Um, one of them is uh, an heirloom tomato caramel or caramel from a company called Roots Chocolates out of Wisconsin Dells. I have mm. heard of them. I've heard of some of the other things that they do. Really interesting. I'd love to try that. Heirloom tomato caramel. Mm. What do you think? So it's made with tomatoes. I, I'm assuming, yeah. Huh. It is a fruit, so uh, yeah. I'll try um, it. So the other one, and I kind of feel like I'm having sort of um, – I'm having flashbacks of something that we did together, tasting some really hot spiced chocolate. But this is ghost pepper caramel um, by a Madison company called Madison Chocolate Company. I am going to have to find this stuff. That that was (laughs) that was just wrong. (laughs) What you're prepared for the spice? Like what kind of? Okay, so just to let our our listeners know, because we did not do this on air. Tariq had these. It was a game. I don't know. It was, it was a, a dumb game. It was a chocolate root game. It's considered the hottest chocolate in the world. This company since this came out. And the package comes with like these square chocolates. A percentage of them are made with this pepper, this chili yeah, oil. Yeah, it like, says half of them. So there, let's say there's like six in the container. What's more? more I more. think they were in every single one of them because <laughs> we both picked. No, we, we, had we a, And one of our interns had one and she had the normal one. All right. And then Nicole, well. who edits these stories... Had the spicy one. We just happened to luck out. Had but both the spicy I went first, and um, I don't know if my hair went up in the air <laughs> and my face just, like, steam was coming out of my ears. It was the best reaction I've ever seen you have. But I literally, like, flew out of this chair. <laughs> I'm, like, like pulling at, you know, the air. Like, what am I going to do to get rid of this? Run out into the hallway, not knowing where to find any kind of water, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it would be better to have like bread, like water, milk, just make it something worse. like that. Water did not help, but um, and then you went for it because I think you thought I looked so funny, <laughs> suffering. Um, and then you were—I I do recall you saying that was the worst thing you had ever had. I like a taste it like it wasn't like like they just put some oil in it, some really hot yeah. oil extract, so it didn't taste good. Oh well, no, right? it was just—it was like it was it, painful. It was painful, and it tasted terrible. Yeah. So it tastes like a, like someone poured mace into it, like dribble mace. So next attempt is going to be some ghost pepper yeah. caramel. I'm so, but you're prepared. Some of that. So now your 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 whole uh, body is. I don't know about that. Maybe I'll like, get you prepared again. Buy some more before you have that, so you like it won't be as hot. Yeah, you maybe. Know, you know. I'll find out what the preparation would be for that. Preparation uh, H. Preparation H. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that those are some of the good food awards. Okay. Uh, I would say if you have any interest in this, go to the Good Food uh, website. Or just search um, Good Food Awards on Google. Because, yeah, because then you can see all the different mm-hmm. winners from across the state, and there's some really interesting ones. Um, you know, everything from oyster chicharrones with horseradish salt. That's a company, um, a fish company out of Sausalito, California, uh, to a black garlic ham um, by Farmer's Daughter Market and Butcher out of West Virginia, Capon Bridge in West Virginia. So it's, oh, so I get it. So it, it's food products. Yeah, food create. products. So but it's, they're not, also, it's not restaurants and chefs. No, so these okay. are food products, Tariq. Okay. And they're not only food, but beverage. So there's um, all types of spirits Which, that are in What stinks about well. this, I bet some of those are like, look good. You can't get them unless you live there. 
which is unfortunate. Uh, maybe. Or maybe it's a requirement. They can ship them to you, maybe? It is maybe uh, unknown. I don't okay. know. I mean, in the case of Wisconsin, yeah. I mean, I certainly, you can find Uplands cheeses here. I've seen roots um, uh, out of Wisconsin Dells here. Maybe you can order, I'm sure you can order those chocolates, or I'm rather those caramels from those companies out of Madison and the Dells. That's a good idea. I bet you can have any of these companies ship you something. Here, I got two ideas. Either we see if these people want to donate for, like, we create a gift bag of all the Wisconsin winners and make a Oh, that's a fun idea. Or have a party and see if they donate and have, like, a little tasting party. Oh, I like that. But you can't be here at that party. No, I can't. But my avatar can come. You wear a disguise. A Wonder Woman disguise, maybe? That would be... Yeah, I'd, I'd be all over a Wonder Woman disguise. <laughs> uh, coming up, we got a, a couple of events, actually three events, and then that's about it for this uh, edition of This Bites. Uh, coming up on January 23rd, Devin Seaf and Steaks doing something special. What's that all about? Uh, they are doing a four-course special wine dinner with Ghost Pines Winery. Not Ghost Pepper Pines, by the way, Tariq. It's Ghost Pines Winery of Napa County in California. Uh, and it's a pretty interesting menu here. They're... Um, doing, as I mentioned, four courses. It's on Wednesday, January 23rd. And um, so, for instance, the first course is a Pinot Noir uh, paired with a charcuterie board of smoked Gouda, roasted bacon planks, Marcona almonds, grapes, and cherry glaze. Uh, A second course uh, is pairing the winery's Chardonnay with roasted apple and walnut salad. Uh, The main course is a beef Wellington with roasted Brussels sprouts and Yukon gold mashed potatoes paired with Ghost Pines Red Blend, and the dessert is a dark chocolate raspberry tort paired with a Zinfandel. Oh. And Devin, and this is all happening at Devon Seafood and Steak, which is um, located at Bayshore Town Center, which okay. has lost, recently lost two restaurants. Yeah. I don't know if you realize that. They're going to... Sprecker and Home. Maybe they become a... Maybe Bayshore just becomes a big food hall. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, um, so that's, ha- like I mentioned, uh, that would be Wednesday, January 23rd at 630. You can contact Devin to make a reservation. Cool. The next one is a, um, a fundraiser for a, a foundation that helps with blood disease, hemophilia. Yeah. Great Lakes Hemophilia Foundation. And what kind of thing? Well, it seems really fitting, really yeah. fitting. Milwaukee's Best Bloody. That's the b- Best Bloody Contest to raise critical funds for the bleeding disorders community. Uh, And the event is not until um, Sunday, February 24th at the ICC uh, on Chicago Street in the Third Ward. But tickets are on sale right now. Those are early bird tickets. You probably, it's a good, if you want to go, you can save a little money by buying your ticket now. Um, And this year they're going to be hosting 15 to 20 unique Bloody Marys uh, from local bars and restaurants all competing for the title Milwaukee's mm. Best Bloody. And um, there are going to be appetizers available too, hopefully to keep, mm. you know, people drinking so that they aren't getting, you know, too bloodied by the Bloody Marys. <laughs> um, but just, okay, so this is, um, let me see, how off, how many years have they been doing this this contest? I am not sure. It's interesting because I know um, it's been going on for several years, Last year, uh, the the winner was Stenny's for best overall Bloody Mary, Stenny's oh, wow. Tavern and Grill down in Walker's Point, and the Crafty Cow won first runner up, and Peppy's Pub and Grill won second runner up. Okay. Um, 
So if you think you know the best Bloody Mary in the city, mm. you might be wrong. And you have the so opportunity your, to try 15 to 20 of them. So what's your take on toppings? Minimum? Simple? Maybe lemon and lime? Maybe celery? Or are you one of those traditional fried I think chicken, simple. hamburger, seafood? Oh, gosh. No, I think it's all about the actual Bloody the Mary. Mix, the mix? Yeah, itself. I, I mean, I know people go crazy for the accoutrements, mm. and I, I think some of them can be great, but a little over the top is really just uh, kind of gimmicky. So I had, I think I mentioned it before, a few years ago when I went to New York for a festival that got canceled because of a hurricane that never happened, uh, went to this bar. I think it's no longer there. It was a fantastic restaurant, not a bar, bar or restaurant, fantastic restaurant. They offered, like, gave us some free samples because we're stuck there. Um, but they had a, we walked in because the board, you know how that restaurant has those little boards outside? They had a Chipotle, smoked Chipotle bourbon Bloody Mary. And you realize that bourbon and tomato juice, tomato, peppers, whatever, goes very well together. Mm. And it really enhanced the, the mix and the bourbon. It was a really flavorful uh, Bloody Mary. They're I really, wouldn't have known that. I mean, if you think about it, you know, tomatoes and bourbon just seems like it would go together. You think about it. Are you a Bloody Mary person? I get, I go in waves. I haven't had a Bloody Mary in so long, but I used to go in waves, but it just, I got sick of all the toppings and like, Hey, just, can I just have a celery stalk and little celery seeds and, a, and maybe a lemon and lime? I don't need that. I just got sick of all the toppings, but I haven't had in a while. I used to be, I used to go to brunch a lot. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. So I don't get Bloody Marys. I used to have Bloody Mary mix at home, but it was Jimmy Loves. One of my favorite. Yeah, I remember mix. Jimmy Loves. Yeah, one of my favorite mixes. So, yeah, I haven't had one in a while. You know, it just seems healthy, doesn't it? A Bloody Mary? Yeah, just looks so healthy. Yeah, I guess the, the tomato juice is kind of. And then, like, you put celery and, like, deceiving. Hey. It's sort of like, hey, hey, mom, I'm eating healthy. Yeah. I got my V8. <laughs> uh, uh, the final event is... Um, yeah, this is a pretty interesting one. This this is, is, we talked about vegans. We haven't really yeah. done anything for all you carnivores out there. I know I got some emails. No, I haven't. About people like, hey, what about us carnivores? Well, for those out there, this is for you. We don't want to ignore you, carnivores. No. This is the big high-stakes dinner coming to Bacchus on Friday, March 1st. Um, if you're a meat eater, this is pretty. This is a pretty big deal. It's pretty over the top. Um, and what's cool, really cool about it is it's going to have two chefs, two Bartolotta chefs cooking. Nick Worth, who's the executive chef at Bacchus, he's great. And um, Aaron Bickham, who's an, the executive corporate sous chef for Bartolotta restaurants, mm -hmm. he's fantastic. And these guys are going to be going to be cooking these these um, these plates, and it's. A pretty incredible menu if you're into meat. Uh, for instance, um, they're going to have a section of raw and boiled, uh, and that's going to feature a pho shooter. So, uh, yeah, of, of, of beef broth, rich beef broth, cilantro, and Thai For real? Basil. For real. And then they're also going to have a cannibal sandwich. Raw beef and onion, Lowry seasoning salt, marble rye. That's in that same category. Yeah, got to love it. Um, the smoked and cured uh, section is going to have um, hot rolls with Strauss bone marrow butter on uh, a trio of salts, a smoked filet carpaccio, uh, and a uh, superior fresh's red gem salad of 
house cured beef uh, bris- brisciola. I think it's brisciola. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. And grapefruit. Um, those are those are smaller courses, though. We start getting a lot a lot more involved here as the, as the the, mm-hmm. the meal goes on into charred and corned. Charred and corned includes a steak frite um, and also a corned beef ribeye cap that is a, a wagyu, a Senchoko wagyu beef out of, um, or wagyu beef. I want to say wagyu, but I think it's wagyu beef out of Australia. Um, and then they're doing a whole cat, a whole section that's just world-class wagyu. Um, and they're going to have a seared New York strip um, from a, from a, wag, a wagyu steak out of Miyazaki, Japan, and a coffee-rubbed flat iron. I know, an American <laughs> wagyu out of Boise, Idaho. That coffee-rubbed flat iron is going to be served with marinated Japanese uh, eggplant and a chimichurri sauce. And then, Tariq, the classics. This is another section they're doing. It's going to have a grilled 50-day-aged tomahawk ribeye. <sighs> That's yep. all. That's everything. That's all. Every, that's all you get. Every, no, no, no. That comes with um, potato puree, Bordeaux wine. Oh, those sauce. are choices. Uh, I don't know if these are choices. Oh, you get everything. I don't know. Oh. These are these are. This is the menu they're going to be serving. Are you going to have a small small place of each one? I don't know. Then they're going to have a sliced traditional beef Wellington, the tenderloin with the mushroom duxel, uh, chicken liver mousse, puff pastry, black truffle sauce. Um, and that's that that beef is comes out of Aspen Ridge Beef in Greeley, Colorado. I know. And there's even a dessert course here, oh. not meat. So you're gonna treat me to this dinner? Right? I yeah, sure. I I don't think I can afford to take you. No, you just I just go by myself. Oh, it's just for you. Not do you just go alone? You don't like going out with me because you never invite me to anywhere else. So and you don't want to be seen oh, with gosh. me. Apparently, that's why you don't invite me. So maybe just. I mean, well, you're so famous. People recognize you wherever you go. I no. have to be so incognito. I'm afraid people no. will recognize me. And I, I got my blood pressure medicine. I got my high cholesterol, so I'm good to go. Oh, <laughs> so you just you can keep just, it all control. I just double it up. This is all about preparation H here, yeah, right? Yeah. For all of these so things. I just double up my blood pressure and cholesterol medicine when I go to that dinner that you're treating me to. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> when is that dinner? Oh, it's on March 1st, Friday, March 1st, but they are selling tickets now and it's probably going to sell out. So they're selling tickets. They're selling out. I know. Um, you don't have your phone. Here's my phone. You can order <laughs> tickets right now. Yeah. Um, if you want to go, you can, you know. But uh, Thank think, you for offering I, that. I think that's a good treat for... For, for telling me that you really want to go. Thank I, you for making it a, obvious that's and a treat clear. for somebody who's yeah, near and dear. person. You know, anyway. It's by... It's produced by... DJ Kenny Perez, handcrafted son inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org or on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And always, and stay hungry. And keep the malort cold. T-shirts coming in 2019, baby. Okay, and if we make that promise, we got to do it. Especially, remember the baby onesies? Either you give me a dinner. You the baby dinner. onesies with the little baby bottle of yeah. uh, Malort. So you pay for the dinner or the t-shirts. Oh, gosh. Your choice. Ultimatums, right? Yeah. So. All right, Tariq. Have See a ya. great weekend. You too.